0: Welcome back with us on this somewhat somber day. Indeed. If you guys listened last week, you realized that when we discussed the Janes, Roe v. Wade had not been decided yet, or at least it hadn't been overturned yet.
1: Yeah, there were just whisperings and leaked reviews and blah, blah, blah. And we were hoping Mm -hmm. against hope, at least I was, that the outcry would change minds and hearts, but it did not. Mm -hmm. So the news came down on Friday afternoon like somebody was getting fired (laughs)
0: Right. Someone understand. that we like was getting fired, right? Right. It's so it's hard. And women of the world out there and men, please support the women of the world out there. But we'll um yep. we'll fight, we'll take care of each other, and we'll do what we can to make sure we stay healthy. Yes. And we can get the medical care that we need.
1: Yep. Go talk to your providers now, see what you can do, mm-hmm. what you can get in place before everything, you know, <laughs> we'll go all dark ages style. Hopefully you're in a state that's um, not the trigger law states, but if some of you are, it's okay. We'll get through it. It'll be all right. It's tough. It feels hard. It's it's a blow, I guess is the best Mm -hmm. way to say it.
0: Yeah. 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 I'm so disappointed. I am too. And the fact that a Supreme Court cannot take into account the fact that I believe 70% of the country believes that abortion should be legal because it's considered medical care and they're like, fuck that. My views. I don't care. (laughs)
1: The way, of yeah, the world, right, it's um, it's just it's not good, and I'm embarrassed to be here now, I mean, it was heading that way anyway, you know what I mean, and it's just like, well, now we're trampling all over human mm-hmm. rights, mhm,
0: can someone explain to me how a black man yep. can be an
1: originalist i I don't have any explanation for that.
0: I don't understand how someone can be an originalist of the constitution when when that was written. He was considered three fifths of a person. Does make sense.
1: Well, I think that we have a real problem with looking back at history and gleaning lessons because we, it's like it's out of sight and out of mind, and we couldn't possibly look back to see how decisions that were made in the past change things for the better. But we're convinced that what we really should do is go back to the olden days when things were worse for everyone. So only good things can come from this, I guess. I guess. It's just, it boggles the mind mm-hmm.
0: all right enough on that we'll surely be dealing with that for a long time to come but this week we get to talk about another horrible story <laughs> it's uh <laughs> the last tourists this also just tells us how horrible humans are in general but mm-hmm. it's an hour and 40 minutes long it's on hulu it's directed mm-hmm. by tyson Sadler, and I thought it was something very different than what it was. I thought it was having to do with the tourist industry and then 2022 hitting and kind of how it was bouncing back. That's not at all what it's about. Yes.
1: That is exactly what I thought as well. I thought it was like, (laughs) oh, it's going to be a little bit more uplifting. And boy, Mm -hmm. did this hit me out of the blue. I really was not Mm -hmm. expecting it. Great Mm -hmm. message, though. And I will tell you, (laughs) I now know how much of the problem I have been on um, vacations and shit. So. Right. I'm going to change my ways. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you don't want to think
0: about it. You don't want to think that you've caused harm, but just by not being aware, it causes harm. This, I will say one, well, there are a lot of things about this documentary that I really sure. enjoyed, but the cinematography was stunning.
1: 100%. I totally had notes on that too. It's, Just sweeping shots, and it's gorgeous, Mm -hmm. and they don't always talk over it, so you really Mm. get to absorb it, and I liked that. Right.
0: I know. It really made me want to travel, even after the message.
1: (laughs) I know, and I was like, you bastards really are good at your craft.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? Just stop.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I had a note here, and this is not anything that anybody said, but I thought, it's such an interesting dichotomy here because travel is so good for people but the message of this documentary is it's so bad for places mm-hmm. and I I thought what um I just a little bit a nugget that I I don't know gleaned while watching this and yeah like it opens with tourists really are fucking dicks and they have the <laughs> worst behavior. It's like a toddler going out and you have no rules anymore. Like you don't have right. any consideration for these places that you're going to, and you just behave terribly.
0: Right. I think of it as people who take young children to restaurants and let them just run amok, like make a mess and throw things and cause this horrible havoc, knowing they would not behave that way at home. There's no way they'd allow their kids to behave that way. But here they're like, oh, someone else will take care of it. It's fine.
1: Right. Just that on a much larger scale. This doesn't affect me at home. Right. And I'm Mm -hmm. just going to go wild. So They show a lot of shots of people drinking and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that necessarily. But it's basically like people just fucking up stuff like ancient ruins. Somebody spray paints on them. They're fucking up rock formations that took thousands of years to form. Mm -hmm. Just trash and shit everywhere. People like there's a guy carrying a dolphin. I don't even know how that works. But can't even. yeah, Yeah, it's just. The absolute worst. And can I also say they're all white people? Almost predominantly, yes. Not yes. entirely, but almost predominantly, yes. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I think I've really had enough of... I think white people are going to get grounded.
0: I think they definitely should be grounded and sent yeah. to their rooms to think yes. about what they've done. Yes. I... uh I love that Jane Goodall, I love Jane Goodall, first of all, but I love that she's like, mass tourism has led to the destruction of the very things that these people have come to see. And they're destroying the environment that they want to see. And I think it's interesting that you made the comment that travel is good for people, but bad for the environment that they're visiting and the the culture Mm -hmm. and that. But throughout this, I think they've kind of shown that people are traveling not to really see new things and get that information and that knowledge and that cultural enrichment like they should be. They're mm-hmm. just kind of going and taking pictures and living the same life they would have lived in the Western world kind of. It's just they're not taking away from it what they should be.
1: Right. You're not connecting with the places that you're going. You're not connecting with different cultures, which is really mm-hmm. the essence of why you go anywhere else. Like sit mm-hmm. down and have a meal with somebody else that's like powerful. Mm-hmm. Basically, people are going and taking pictures so they can post that shit on Instagram. So they look awesome. And um, no, just no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's just all I've got. I don't know. I mean, I love a beautiful picture. Mm -hmm. But to completely miss the experience because you're too busy taking the shot is Mm -hmm. a complete waste of the money that you spent to get there. Right. Right. Yeah. I've traveled. A bit. You
0: have more than some, less than others. And I enjoy being able to get in a car and drive and just go see the country, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There are sometimes I feel like that's not really possible for, well, a woman sometimes in a foreign country where I don't sure. speak the language mm-hmm. and things of that nature. But yeah, I, I think seeing the country is what it should be about. I know mm-hmm. I've not always succeeded in that, but that's what we should be doing, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. There's a guy named Costas Christ, which is mm-hmm. a hell of a name. Let's just great put name. that out there. <laughs> and he seems to be one of these guys that's been traveling like for most of his life. So he talks about you know traveling to exotic places early, Africa, in his, Asia. Yeah, mm-hmm, I mean like places that people weren't going. I mean mm-hmm. in mass numbers. And he goes to a place in Thailand called Kopengan, Yang. There you go. Something like that. He goes in, like, let's say late 70s, 79, something like that. He stays with a family on this gorgeous beach for three months. And when he gets back, he, like, kind of tells a friend. There's a map that's shared with the friend. With his girlfriend, who clearly cannot fucking be trusted. (laughs) Yes. So then in 1993, he sees something, and it's the same beach And there is this massive party called the Full Moon Party that's happening on the same beach. And basically, it's just like a rave or something like that. And it is completely unrecognizable. And he is Mm -hmm. basically just shook to his core, is what he says. And he said to to think that, you know, this changed that dramatically in the span of 10 years or so is just Mm -hmm. blows the mind. You know, he started, he was a conscientious traveler. He was staying with the people and, and learning and all that kind of stuff. And then he mentions it to one broad and she <laughs> telegraphs it to everybody. So mm-hmm. I just, I found that kind of a nice little microcosm of how it works, right? You know, it just a cool mm-hmm. place gets a little bit of attention and then it just blows up everywhere.
0: I don't know. We've all seen the beach, right? We know yeah. what happens.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. But today they say that Thailand in general gets 39.8 million annual travelers. That's a lot. Thailand is not That's, big. Yeah, that is a shit ton of people there. Mm-hmm. So, and then they list a bunch of other different destinations and people that are going there. So I have Cambodia, it's 6.2 million annually. Mm-hmm. Ecuador's mm-hmm. 2.9 million. Mm-hmm. France, 90 million. Jamaica's 4.3. Mm-hmm. And then Mexico is 44.8 million people. Mostly Americans, I'm sure. Yeah, a lot of Americans. And I thought, Jesus, that is a lot of people.
0: It is. And my first thought is, because they made a comment that Mexico is the top destination for people coming from the United States Mm -hmm. to another country. They're going to go to Mexico first. And I thought, are these the same people that yell at others to get out of their country? Is it those (sighs) people that then go to Mexico and act an ass, probably?
1: Yeah, I'm sure that we, you know, these are the same people that kind of say, well, I'm going down there and I'm giving them my money and they should be happy yeah. to have me. I mean, like that kind of stuff. So I'm sure that they've mm-hmm. justified all the shit that they're doing there. Yeah. You know, with the trash and all that. Ugh, just, again, just the worst.
0: Yep. So they talk about overtourism and it's too mm-hmm. many people at the same place at the same time. The problem is, is that people are visiting specific destinations they say honeypot destinations or whatever over and over again these places aren't getting any bigger they're just supporting a lot more people which is very Mm -hmm. difficult and it's it ruins everything about that place one person had mentioned these places are being loved to death I thought that's (laughs) the perfect way to put it right but I mean and they discuss that international travel used to be for the elite you know, they showed these glorious pictures of 1950s air travel they and sure 1960s, did. and it looked amazing
1: in comparison. A man who looked like Walt Disney with his wife sitting on the plane <laughs> reading the paper. You know what I mean? I like,
0: Some like plaid curtains or something. It was awesome. Right?
1: It was craziness.
0: Yeah. But with the advent of jumbo jets, and they also discuss with the end of the Cold War, mm-hmm. the end of the 80s, this opens up travel. The jumbo right. jet could take people farther for cheaper Mm -hmm. and opening up the iron curtain for lack of a better word opened Mm -hmm. up a large chunk of the world that was not i don't know open to anybody it opened up the economy and and tourism into these destinations that were closed for many
1: years sure yeah so now there's a new supply creates new demand right and so Mm -hmm. people just go for it Mm -hmm. they spread like a plague is kind of the way
0: I understand it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And also there was the economic boom, right? So Mm -hmm. that kind of helped fuel the fire as well. And I love the fact that they're like, seriously, what we want when we go on a trip is now changed too. So it's it's no longer about learning. It's no longer about any of that. It's just about saying you were there, basically, which is Mm -hmm. so sad to me.
0: Taking a picture
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and having it be a status symbol, right? Yeah. And we've all seen stories about people who went into sacred places that you're not supposed to go just to get pictures. Mm -hmm. I hope they all get arrested. That's all I have to say. I don't want them like tortured or anything, but just you need to learn a lesson, right?
1: Well, and I like the fact, too, that somebody said, you know, would you do this in your own country? Like, would this be okay? Right. And it's just like, this is a form of colonialism. (laughs) Like, you can't just go there and like, do whatever the fuck you want. Like, you have to respect the people and the customs. Mm hmm. And it's just, it's terrible that people don't, that they really have no respect. They, they want to go and see these fantastic things, but they have no respect for them or the people that mm-hmm. live there. It's amazing. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: right. We talk about cruise lines and that the Caribbean is the most tourist dependent region in the world. Right. Which is hard when you understand that if they get a hurricane, that knocks out all of the economy, right? Yeah. Things like yeah. that. And whenever they get hurricanes, I know here in the U.S., because we're close to the Caribbean, they often are like, okay, you can still come. You can still visit. They're really trying to push that to get some of that money back in to help rebuild right infrastructure and in that when they have problems. But the cruise lines, it's a whole different beast. Like, I've never right. been on a cruise, but it looks, I don't know. I don't know that I could do it. It looks like a whole, whole lot of people. Mm-hmm. I don't understand go-karts on a ship in the middle of the ocean. I don't know that I ever will.
1: It's a weird draw, right? hmm. But if you're a family going on a cruise, I can understand maybe where that would be something that mm-hmm. you're like, ooh, the teens will want to do that or something. Right. I have been on two cruises, and you know I found them fine. Uh, we went mm-hmm. on a Disney cruise, to the Bahamas, a couple of years ago. Well, that's a lie; it's like four years ago now, and it was nice. There were a lot of people, mm-hmm. but it worked out such that it was an enjoyable vacation. Right. And then I've also been on a cruise to Alaska, which was pretty awesome I imagine that's amazing yes
0: but the money from the cruise lines like they go to the different islands yes and that money is never making it to the locals right so Mm -hmm. they have they book the tours on the ship and a good portion of that money stays on the ship for commission Mm -hmm. and then they give the tourists maps of these are the restaurants you can go to these are the shops you can go to don't go outside this area because you know you can't trust the locals
1: Right. So it's a fear mongering situation. Like you should be afraid of the people that we, you know, unless we're we're directing you to them, they're, you know, kind of that other that we've Mm -hmm. talked about many times before. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to be scared of them. Right. And I've heard it.
0: Yes. I've heard it many times, like going to Jamaica. Oh, you just want an all inclusive resort. And I'm like, why would I go to another country for an all inclusive resort and not leave? That just doesn't make sense to me.
1: I am guilty of doing that because I have been mm-hmm. to an all-inclusive resort in Jamaica and it was still mm-hmm. amazing. We went on some tours and, mm-hmm. you know, got away. But it is really a stark contrast from the opulence and luxury that you're staying in. And then you drive on the roads and there's shacks and shanties. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, this mm-hmm. is maybe why they didn't want you to go off the resort.
0: <laughs> because right. then you
1: kind of get an eagle eye view of what what it's really like to live there. So right Mm
0: -hmm. and they and they do discuss later on how some of that might be mitigated right but it's interesting with the cruise lines they talk about having you know you're not really traveling you're not really it doesn't matter where you're going at that point because you're just going from a western culture here to a western (laughs) culture there and it's everything's the same it's just I don't know Mm -hmm. warmer or I know there are go-karts that's the only difference
1: I guess yeah, and it's kind of interesting, too, because it's like, if you're traveling, let's say, with a picky eater, and mm-hmm. you couldn't get pasta or whatever at your destination, that might, you know, detract from your interest in going there because you're traveling with someone who, you know, maybe wouldn't like the local fare, which mm-hmm. I understand, as especially as a parent, but at the same time, like, maybe there's a different way to handle that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like everybody can eat plain rice or whatever. I don't know. Right. right. But you know, it's just like, you know, you understand that to get your dollar, they're trying to make it palatable for you. Mm -hmm. But the people in this documentary who are kind of experts in the field of like, let's shift some of this to benefit the locals is, you know, what, what amenities could you forego? You know, right. what could you shift your focus on, you know, instead of like worrying about, you know, the same stuff you get all the time. Could you possibly edge on over into the new a little bit more, which is what travel's all about. So it's interesting.
0: Right. Right. They talk to some locals in Jamaica mm-hmm. who have shops. You can see it's this cute little area with a whole bunch of little like local shops mm-hmm. and little vendors but it's empty. It's completely empty. Mm-hmm. And they discuss how the cruise lines, those tourists never come in, you know, off the very narrow stretch of land they get in, like on Montego Bay. Mm-hmm. And they get onshore and they have a very small space where they stay and they never kind of venture out. And, you know, how frustrating that can be as a community that's supposed to be based on tourism, but you're not getting any of the dollars from yeah. all of this. And you see people living this life of luxury. And taking resources that could be benefiting your community, and none of that money is getting
1: transitioned into the community. Yeah. There's a guy named Bruce Poon Tip, and he talks about growing up in Trinidad, and that's exactly the attitude that the locals have towards the tourists. It's like, look, you're taking up a lot of the stuff that we could use, and we're really not benefiting Mm -hmm. from this at all. And so what happens is, because there's a little bit of tension, it causes the foreign places like the foreign companies that build these hotels and stuff to kind of segregate the tourists off even more with like physical walls and shit like mm-hmm. that. So it's just sort of this horrible circle that I don't know what you do to breach some of that. So
0: they talk about in Kenya, only 14% of the tourist dollars stay in Kenya. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really small amount of money considering they say Kenya gets about 2 million tourists a year. Mm hmm. In Cambodia and other foreign countries, you see the foreign companies build the hotels and then they import the food, they import the goods, they import everything. So they're denying the locals from using the space. They're denying the Mm -hmm. locals from having any stake in that economy.
1: I wanted to mention at this point, Judy Mm Kiefer-Gona, who is... Probably one of my favorite people of this whole thing. She's the coolest yeah. lady. But yeah, she talks a lot about how the locals are benefiting from this. And that really seems to be the key to making this an enriching process for both sides. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was really cool that, you know, she's saying help develop these places, like mm-hmm. help them enjoy having tourists around and kind of break down some of that tension. And I really liked that story.
0: Yeah, she had a, a lot of great ideas. She said, you'll notice that some of the most popular tourist destinations have the highest rate of poverty often, Mm -hmm. but it can be the greatest distributor of wealth, right? Mm -hmm. If it's managed properly, that could be the easiest and best way to get wealth into all these other countries that need it. So yeah, in Peru, Machu Picchu Picchu, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: is like a hot tourist spot, but there isn't much around it. And they describe how the tours will go from the city directly to there and back and not really stop at any of the villages in the middle along the way. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And they do talk to some people in the villages. One gentleman was growing corn
1: mm-hmm.
0: and his family had grown corn for a long time. But with climate change, it becomes less sustainable. And yes. so discusses how they're trying to get into the tourism game, if you will, so they can make money and bring money into yep. the community. Yep. And we meet Francesca Qurar. Meta, valiant effort.
1: Got nothing <laughs> better, yeah.
0: She's the founder of Cacacolo Women's Weaving Cooperative. Amazing
1: story. Yeah, I love her so much. This is weaving focusing on alpaca wool. She talks about in her grandparents' time, everybody everything was dyed with plants, and how the kind of generations. Uh, we're starting to forget how everything was done. There are Mm -hmm. some advances in science that she just, and that's really all she says that is causing them to forget how some of the weaving and the dyeing and all of that is done. So she got 22 broads together and Mm -hmm. they came up with this plan to kind of rehash the old ways and they do it. And she Mm -hmm. is so enthusiastic when she talks about, you know, we challenged each other and we wouldn't let each other give up and we, sat around and thought about what we had seen as children and what our you know mm-hmm. our, our grandparents and parents had taught us about how to do this. Looks like it takes forever. Um I hope they charge a lot of money when um, yes. they get right they get right. their time and effort out of this because as a craftsman it's really tough to do that. hmm They make these amazingly colorful and gorgeous scarves and baby sweaters and ponchos trivets and, and whatever yeah i mean yep. just all kinds of anything you can weave and they kind of figured it out you know once they had their craft down pat she starts working on getting the tourists there and a lot of there was a lot of doubt amongst the ladies she was right. working with and the townsfolk and and all that kind of thing but she does it it's adorable
0: i know i know she's like everyone was like no they'll never come they'll never come here right And you know what they did come there
1: And I'd be interested to know if they wear, like, they have some traditional garb on Mm -hmm. through most of this. And I wonder if that's for the cameras or if that's really what they wear all the time. Because the dudes don't wear stuff like that. And I was just curious Mm -hmm. what your thoughts were.
0: I assumed it had to do with what they might have traditionally worn. And, yes, for Mm -hmm. kind of for the tourists, for the job. Okay. Like a uniform almost, right? Sure. Yeah. But I'm not sure. She had her hair in two little braids. It was adorable. She was adorable.
1: Yeah. She seemed to be an, an astonishing woman. Mm -hmm. She's a really
0: neat lady. Yeah. But Bruce discusses how it was a natural transition because they were driving through these villages anyway. Mm -hmm. It was a natural transition to sit and discuss with them, hey, what can we provide to you? What can you provide to Mm -hmm. us? And really work together and help the community as well as the tourists. So Mm -hmm. the tourists stopped, they bought the products, they loved the products, Mm -hmm. and they also sat and learned how the products were made, how the dyes were made, and a bit more about the community and the culture, which is enriching. Yeah. And she was able—well, not just she—they as a whole community were able to use that money and they built new roads, they mm-hmm. built new schools and new houses in this town. And it's amazing what that tourist money helped them accomplish.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And she had even opened her house up to have tourists come in, and stay with her and learn and see what it was like to live day to day. Mm -hmm. That sounds like an amazing opportunity.
1: Yeah. And I think, is that, I mean, I can imagine how that would be really attractive to people. It's probably not the same as staying at the Hilton, but I think you're getting more out of it. Right. Right. And so I I really love the idea that, you know, you could wake up and have coffee with somebody Mm -hmm. and it just sounds really neat to do those kinds of things. So Mm -hmm. kudos to her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. She does discuss that she lives with her husband and two daughters and her husband helps her take care of stuff around the house because she's working and they work as a team pretty well. He didn't show his face and I don't know that he was really excited to be put in that position (laughs) on camera. But she made it sound like a true partnership,
1: which was good. Yeah, I mean, I always love that kind of like who's got the best gig right now? You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean it's forever, but I mean I, I love the fact that she made a difference in their community and in their lives and And Mm -hmm. how powerful is that? And hopefully other people learn from this. And like, it's kind of a map for some other people. Right.
0: Then we move on to the animal tourism. I cried. I cried when I watched that bit.
1: I cried too. I watched part of it again this morning. And then I had to stop it because I was like, I cannot Mm -hmm. watch this again. Because, yeah, I mean, it's a great point. When you really think about it, I think that it's obvious.
0: (laughs) I will say yes and no. And I have a Mm -hmm. comment about that later. So they discuss that anytime you go somewhere and take a picture with an animal, you should probably know that those animals are not being kept in good conditions, Mm -hmm. right? They might be drugged to keep them calm. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: They might have been bred specifically for tourism.
1: So this is something like a tiger, let's say, Mm -hmm. who is not, uh, or that is not probably as amenable to having a picture taken with a bunch of people Mm -hmm. you know they're dangerous wild animals and they or they're just animals that act the way animals do be that dangerous Mm -hmm. or not Mm -hmm. but yeah if you're right up on it laying on it doing all these kinds of things obviously it'd have to be drugged right right and even in tiger king they talked about people want to take pictures with little cubs and so Mm -hmm. that's why they're bred you know there's always got to be a steady supply of cubs Available for your stupid pictures. And then what happens when they grow up? Well, sometimes Mm -hmm. they don't.
0: Yeah. They talk about with elephants, they have to be removed from their mother early. I know Mm -hmm. we've all seen Dumbo, and I cry at every version Dumbo I've ever seen. Terrible. And to get them to behave a specific way, they are essentially beaten into submission. And they show videos of them being chained and tied up and tied up their trunks have to be tied to poles and when asked why they said because the elephants will actually kill themselves they'll bite the trunk and bleed out if given the opportunity that's probably not a good condition to be in if that's what the elephants
1: are doing no it is pretty rough because they're beating these elephants and they're screaming it's Mm -hmm. fucking horrible Mm -hmm. it is thankfully short and i think that it's a good decision to have included it in here because, boy, does it really get that point across. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's it's not just elephants. It's orangutans. It's chimpanzees. It's all kinds of stuff. Anytime you're going to a place that do these little shows or you can do rides on elephants, per se, and I'm going to say there are some good examples of how these things are done correctly, mm-hmm. it's, it's very problematic because they have hooks, like these hooks on sticks and they're like beating them and stuff with that, or they're pinching them. It's not great. Right. Jane Goodall talks about the
0: fact that they display behavior of PTSD Mm -hmm. and you see them displaying behaviors that you never see in the wild. Mm -hmm. And then they become severely depressed and just withdrawn, which you see in humans too. It's not much different, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my other comment about this is I was talking to a coworker who actually has experience. His wife works with elephants Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and he had been to Thailand. They went to Thailand to look at their elephant programs. Right. And I would like to think the majority of their time were spent with zoos or conservationists and things like Mm -hmm. that, which they do show conservationists here an amazing conservation park. Oh yeah. But he said they did see some of the shows in that. And he said that he gets frustrated because he sees these bad examples, but everyone they saw the elephants were healthy. They seemed okay. He's like, there are laws in place. And I like I think of as well, odds are they took you to the good specific ones. <laughs> ones for a specific reason. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have that expertise. So mm-hmm. I trust that the ones that they saw were probably well done yep. or probably kept healthy and happy. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that that's the case everywhere as we can clearly see.
1: I thought it was interesting too, because one of the elephant preserves this lovely woman was you know they were going around and rescuing animals from Mm -hmm. shows where the conditions were bad and letting them live a more natural life so Mm -hmm. in that case you would pay for a ticket and go and they would drop a just literal shit ton of bananas (laughs) (laughs) yes the elephants would go up and eat those and you could still get close to them but they were doing things that elephants do it was a positive reward and they weren't having to like lift you up on their trunks or like balance on their back legs or some stupid shit Mm -hmm. that they don't normally do. Mm -hmm. So you could still get the experience of being close, which is I think really what people want Mm -hmm. without the training that's required for them to do these weird things that they don't normally do. So good examples and bad examples, but what I really liked about the lady that ran the Elephant preserve that was featured in this was that she employed people that did the other kinds of shows. And she was like, Look, if you're going to be involved in this, train them this way, work with them in this way. And so, because her whole thing is like, Look, I'm not going to be able to change their minds wholly, but maybe I can make it better conditions for the elephants. Because as long as that tourist dollar is there for those shows, People right. are going to do this bullshit. So you mm-hmm. know, you as a tourist have the power to change this with the shows that you're attending, but also the people who know what they're doing are trying to work in the background too, to make it better. So I, I mm-hmm. was like, brilliant approach. Brilliant.
0: Oh, I agree. She was very much like the more we can educate people, mm-hmm. the better we can help the animals. And I loved that. Yeah. And it started
1: with stuff like they have feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, who among us, I mean, like, I have a dog, he has feelings, they are often annoying, but thus, <laughs> <laughs> he is still in my household. hmm mm-hmm.
0: Right. So. Two of those useless things
1: laying right. on my floor right now. Always wanting my attention, which is kind of funny, but mm. I don't know who thinks animals don't have feelings or they don't experience anger or sadness or they're scared, You know, those are the basics, but there are evidently people who either don't care or don't know. And so I like the education portion of it as well. Mm -hmm.
0: When they're talking about PTSD in the animals, they say these are similar behaviors you see in orphans and kids that are taken away from their family. Mm. And this is where they start talking about something I have never heard of. And I was wholly appalled by.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: Voluntourism. Mm. This is the white savior complex. That has it written (laughs) all over it,
1: right? 1,000%, yes. Jesus Christ, it's disgusting. So, you know, you start off with a lovely couple who is going to... Are they in Kenya in that one? I believe so. Okay.
0: I don't know. They they discuss orphanages in both Cambodia and Kenya.
1: Yes. This couple goes to an orphanage to teach English for a couple weeks. They... Mm. Don't have any kind of certification. it's not really regulated per se, but they just drop in teach English for a couple weeks um, they're paying to stay there of course mm-hmm. and then they up and peel out when they're done so this happens over and over and over and over and over again and leaves these kids with attachment issues right and yeah, I was just like, oh my god and then they talk about if you don't go to teach maybe you just go to visit and you're just busting in classrooms and distracting from lessons and you want photo ops with kids so you're just picking up kids willy-nilly and taking all these pictures then the kids like perform little shows for you I mean the whole thing just sounds gross when you really think about it so yeah it's not good yeah you said it's
0: one of the largest growing trends in travel and also it's largely unregulated unregulated Mm -hmm. if I could even Mm -hmm. say the word Busloads of tourists come by the day and, like you said, just interrupt everything as mm-hmm. they do. Yep. In Cambodia, there are 260 orphanages. Cambodia is not large. Kenya has more than 1,500 orphanages. They said since 2005, there was a 70% increase in orphanages in Cambodia, which is a direct reflection of the volunteerism industry.
1: Right. Because?
0: They need a supply.
1: There's kids. money to be made here. Yeah. Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They say 80% of the children living in orphanages have at least one living parent. I think the most accurate description is someone had said that these people being bused in and then hanging out for a minute, taking pictures and leaving, it's similar to people going to a zoo to see animals yes. and you take a yep. picture and you leave. And I thought that's disgusting, but dead on accurate.
1: Yeah. that's our dear Ugh. friend Judy. Who knows all the things? She does. Yeah, she does. she does. She's so good. But yeah, what a stark eye opener, right? To say, well, now we're treating children like animals in a zoo, and mm-hmm. they're not children in your country. Although I will say, in our country, this might start being a thing because we don't take care of children. But I digress.
0: <laughs> now, once they're birth, they're yours to worry right, about. Right, hundred
1: percent. So, I mean, this seems, I mean, par for the course. Like. We just don't think about what we're doing.
0: Well, and it makes you feel good. Like you've donated to this yes. cause. So you've right. done something good and you can take your halo and go home. But it's disgusting. Michelle O'Leal, she discusses, she was a volunteer. She went in, she did the whole orphanage thing for a couple of mm-hmm. weeks and she left. She said it felt great. You know, you get to spend time with these kids and it felt amazing. Mm-hmm. And she said a few years later, she realized how problematic it was. She Mm -hmm. never looked into what the community actually needed. She never took Mm -hmm. the time to learn about it to really help. She just was doing it essentially for herself. And she has become a human rights lawyer and an advocate. And really, it looks like she's doing amazing things to try to correct the problem. But it's unfortunate that it took that to learn it. But still, at least she did learn because I'm sure most people don't. They just feel good about themselves and go home.
1: Right, because I think it does feel good when you walk into a situation and the kids are all like clamoring for your attention, Mm -hmm. but kind of maybe when you step back, you're like, that doesn't seem right. Mm -hmm. You would think that there's a range of, you know, there are some kids that are open to strangers. There are some kids that are not open to strangers, but these kids have been raised in such a way that that's the norm and if they're going to get any affection and stuff, then that's where it's coming from. It's not great for those kids in the long term. Right. Yeah. Peter
0: Kamau, he was actually an orphan. Him and his siblings grew up in an orphanage and he discussed the volunteers came all the time. It was horrible. Mm -hmm. He also runs, you know, an advocacy now and he runs a group to try to help the situation. He discussed some statistics that I did not get written down. Did you get that? I didn't either. You know, they have these horrific statistics like 1 in 5 coming out of the orphanage go into sex work. I know 1 in 10 was the one that I do specifically remember commit suicide. Quite a few commit crimes. They live in poverty. There are a lot of social issues after they're out of the orphanage. They're not being taken care of while they're Mm -hmm. there and they're not being taken care of once they leave. It's just a, a systemic problem, right? That tourism is just making worse.
1: Yes. And to think that a lot of those kids have family is just astounding mm-hmm. and they don't mm-hmm. really talk about how the kids get there in these cases. Like, I don't know if they're given up. I don't know if they're taken. I don't really know. They didn't really discuss that part. I'm
0: guessing it's a combination. I don't mm-hmm. know about taken so much. There was one woman who discussed that she couldn't afford to keep her child and she thought that was what was best right. for the child in how difficult a decision that must be. I can't even imagine. It's a selfless act, right? Cause you think you're doing what's best for the child, although it's horrible for you, but I imagine some of these children are bought. Yeah. Probably. you. They don't have money. The parents don't have money and you will give them a certain amount of money for the child. Yeah. And then they feel like the child might also be taken care of.
1: Right. I'm sure that's part of the pitch. I'm sure it's part of it.
0: Yeah. I, I don't blame the parents. I don't think that they're just, you know, voluntarily throwing their kids away for money. I think it's a bad situation and people are preying upon a bad situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: that was a tough part. It's hard. You watch mm. these sweet little babies and I can imagine going and holding them and it, you would feel good. Yeah, absolutely. You would feel good. Now, what is better than holding a child and having them just kind of hang out with you? Right. I mean, that's just an awesome yeah, feeling. It's lovely.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. But again, it's, it comes down to, you know, a lot of the recommendations in this documentary are ask mm-hmm. some questions about what you're doing. Make sure you understand where the money is going that you're paying. Cause a lot of these trips, I mean, it's not cheap to go to Kenya. Mm, No, no. So, I mean, several thousand dollars, right? So Mm -hmm. where is all this going? So I really like the fact that they're like, you have some control over this. You can still go and see these places because they're amazing. And so many I would like to go and see. But, you know, you can do it in such a way that it's good for everybody. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Do some research, right?
0: We travel on to India then, who has 10.6 million tourists a year. And India is a huge country. So that that number makes a little more sense to me. Some of the sure, others. We meet Maru Vadera. She's the founder of Saka Consulting Wings. It's very tiny writing, so I think that's what it is. <laughs> okay. But what she does is she employs women to be drivers, mm-hmm. which is very unusual in India. Right. An untapped
1: market, shall we say? Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. But I think it's brilliant for several reasons. One, you're giving women an opportunity to be independent. Mm-hmm. And two, you're giving women riders an opportunity to feel safe, Mm -hmm. which they might not with a male driver. And I love that. They say in India and around the world is what I put down. Mm -hmm. The mindset of a man is if women work, they won't listen to men anymore. Maybe if you don't treat them like cattle, they might stay by choice. It's possible. Just
1: a thought. Let's try it. You know?
0: That's a wild idea. I I know. I thought what a tenuous hold that you have that you have to just make sure that you keep them entrapped and kept hostage in your house or they might not listen to you. Right. Just like livestock. Yes.
1: Terrifying. So yeah, the driving is a way to empower the women of the country. Mm -hmm. They have about 40 cars at this point and about, I have Mm a hundred women in their employment Mm -hmm. currently. So, Mm -hmm. and you can book trips with these guys. Like they will be your drivers for various things. So like, I mm-hmm. liked that this was like a good actionable one that you could like, oh, here's a business that I might actually be able to work with. So I thought that was cool.
0: Yeah. They said a large portion of their clients are foreign tourists. Yeah. Because again, as a woman, if I'm going to India, mm-hmm. especially alone, I would feel much more comfortable with a female Sure. than I would a man because I know how they perceive women there. Right? Yeah,
1: it's they don't have a great rap. So this is really good. And I, they show a lot of the education process to teach them how to drive like, there's booklets and all kinds of classroom teachings. And, you know, they're in there telling them how to check the oil and the brake fluid and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I could benefit from mm-hmm. some of this because I don't know all that either. Right? <laughs> you know, I just I'm like, well, I guess I'll call AAA if I ever have a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these ladies really, they're, mm-hmm. they're getting a good education. And I really appreciated that.
0: Right. And they said it allowed the women to either postpone marriage for a little bit and Mm -hmm. they can get a better marriage because they have the ability to take care of themselves for a while. Mm -hmm. So they can choose a marriage or get out of a bad situation, which, Mm -hmm. you know, we talked to one of the drivers. She had been driving for about six years. Mm hmm. She had been in an arranged marriage. She said, I was 22. I thought it was time to get married. It was an Mm -hmm. arranged marriage. And then she was beaten so badly one night Mm -hmm. that she was unconscious for two hours. No one even bothered trying to get her help.
1: Yeah. 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 She just laid around until she came back to consciousness, Mm -hmm. which is terrifying. And she was like, well, time to go. So she she grabbed her bag and had her ID and that was about it. And she left. Good for her,
0: because a lot of women are not strong enough to do that. It is scary. You have no way to take care of yourself.
1: Yeah. The courage it takes to to leave Mm -hmm. is... I mean, yeah, she's a badass, so... Mm -hmm.
0: A tiny, tiny badass, because it looked like she could barely see over the steering wheel.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: So either the car was huge, or she was really tiny. But either way...
1: Petite little thing. Yeah, absolutely. She
0: was doing a great job.
1: A lot like me then, so... (laughs) yes just like you that's a lie anyway and then we kind of move on to ecuador which is kind of featured at the beginning kind of wrapping things up here at the end i have the man's name is yachak i didn't get it down okay he's from the pimpelana so he's does some community tourism and stuff like that and takes people on walks in the woods and, well, the rainforest, basically. I was going to say, the woods makes it sound much smaller. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, he's kind of telling you about some mythology and stuff of the place and it looks Mm -hmm. like it's one of the better situations because people seem like they're being respectful and he's able to tell the stories in the way that he wants to do. And they have a lodge. They don't really show anything about that, but it's, again, kind of you're kind of led to believe that this is one of the better situations that it's kind of showcased mm-hmm. in the in the dock. so mm-hmm.
0: yeah it seemed like a pretty cool place they said they had purchased they had to purchase a very large area of land because they wanted to protect mm-hmm. it right of the yeah. rainforest um and so now part of what they do is this tourism and it looks like very small like it was a couple like a couple yeah. would stay with them at their house or their lodge and they would learn some of the ancient ways of the tribe and the river mm-hmm. and the respect and the spirits. And it was, it was pretty neat to watch. Yeah. That looked amazing.
1: Yeah. And again, the uh, scenery is just breathtaking. It's gorgeous. And I am like, I want to go there. I want to go all these places, just hopefully not in a douchebag way. Like I might've done before. When <laughs> when oh I saw this. Yeah.
0: All I can think of is shit. I already booked my tour for Costa Rica, but I'll have to try to make sure that I do it. In an
1: ethical way. Yes.
0: Because I I don't know. I have to do more research now. Now I'm yeah. like, you okay, know, I'm going to research before I go.
1: Well, I mean, it might make a difference in what tours you choose or, you mm-hmm. know, something like that. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. They do talk about, so COVID-19 hit during post-production.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And travel had decreased by about 80% because of it. Now, don't get me wrong, it's coming back up. I don't know if you've tried to book a flight lately, but it's nigh impossible. <laughs> Yeah. But they said a lot of the people featured in the documentary might have lost their livelihood because of it. Yeah. And it made me think of little Francesca. And it made me sad. And I hope she didn't lose her little weaving gig.
1: I agree. But I think she's resourceful. And I think, you know, that once things get going again, that it'll come back. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I have high hopes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I like the idea of going to places. I mean, like, I can't fault people for wanting to go to destinations that are different and mm-hmm. unique. I mean, like, I think that that is true. And they talk some about this like, uh, human beings, there's a lot of curiosity and we want to go mm-hmm. and learn and, and grow and stuff like that. I think the question is how you do it. Yes. Is really going to be kind of what the focus should be on going forward. And they, you know, they tell you ask questions, do your research. Mm hmm. They give the lasttouristfilm.com as a reference, as a resource, I guess, to do a little Mm -hmm. bit of research. So I have not checked it out, but I did want to make sure I put it out there as we kind of close this one down. Yeah.
0: yeah. They say, make sure you whore. whore. Don't whore around. I mean, if you want to, that's fine. But that's not (laughs) what I'm
1: going to say. Just be Um, careful, folks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Use protection because, you know, something happens. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They say, hold tourism companies responsible. Yeah. which is big tip generously because when you're tipping you're generally tipping directly to the local person who is driving you who's cleaning your room who is doing mm-hmm. whatever yeah. and odds are that large company is paying them very little to do that job so right. tip well and if as you're doing something ask yourself is this something that's okay to do in yeah. my country mm-hmm. because if not it's probably not okay to do here either you right
1: know? right and that doesn't have to just be a legal thing like it's okay to just be like I don't think I'm comfortable with this so yeah I generally
0: don't visit an orphanage in the United States I probably shouldn't do it in Cambodia either just right
1: yeah Mm -hmm. 100% Mm -hmm. I was gonna say I'd heard a tip too in this somewhere that somebody said don't get housekeeping all the time you don't need housekeeping all the time you Mm -hmm. can reuse your towels and shit like that Mm -hmm. so I liked that too it's a nice little reminder of an actionable thing you can do
0: I actually prefer it because I don't want to be embarrassed by the mess that I make, and I'll clean up before they come and clean.
1: Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah,
0: but I, I love the documentary. I love the mm-hmm. visuals of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I realized I have been part of the problem in the past and need to make changes moving forward. Definitely make changes.
1: Yes. I, too, have been on the wrong side of this with my (laughs) all-inclusive trips on occasion. I'd like to do better in the future, and this has given me Mm -hmm. some tools to do so. So I appreciate that. Right. I like to learn a thing. So even if Mm -hmm. it's a tough thing, so I appreciated that about it. Again, beautiful scenery. Yes. It was
0: amazing. Not what I thought, but still very, very good.
1: Yeah. So what do we have for next week? Okay, so next week, we're going to continue on the horrible path that we're on and do <laughs> <laughs> Chernobyl, The Lost Tapes. This is on HBO Max, about an hour and 36 minutes. Very current in 2022. And yeah, this is, I loved it because it's science-y and horrible, so <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Those
0: sadly often go hand-in-hand. Hand. I know. Yeah, well, I know you and I, Erin, both watched the miniseries Chernobyl. Oh, so- Oh, so good. Loved every minute of it, right? Even listened to yeah. the podcast that went with it. So watching this and seeing how well it, it like tracked was, was pretty impressive. So I think everyone should watch it. It'll be amazing. And then if you haven't seen the miniseries, you should watch the miniseries.
1: Yep. At least this one's in the past, though, so you can kind of, like, you have a little distance, like, you kind of understand. <laughs> you got a good wrap-up on it, so sometimes right. we don't always get that, but it's it's a fascinating story, so obviously mm-hmm. we're big fans. So, yeah, tune in for that next week. Beyond that, we'll ask you to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Godoc Yourself, and uh, we'd always like to hear some comments, suggestions, perhaps. It's been a while since we've had a good suggestion, so. A good recommendation, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, score. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> all right thanks everyone we'll see you next week <laughs> later bye
0: it's an